I am Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And we're paranormal specialists who live in the most haunted city on earth, Savannah, Georgia. Every day is Halloween in our line of work, so join us as we spin true tales of haunts, murders, and disturbing Savannah history. I'm Madison. I'm Chris. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the most haunted city on earth. Hey there, ghosts and ghouls. I want to first say thank you for listening and following this podcast. We are so grateful for such a wonderful fan base. If you'd like to support this podcast further and help us constantly improve and sustain, we've enabled listener support, and you can find that link at the end of our bio on Spotify. Enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Most Haunted City on Earth. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And we have a very special guest today. We have Luna Taran. Hi, guys. I'm Luna Taran, and I'm a ghost tour guide in Savannah, Georgia. Yes. Uh, so Luna is actually going to give us a really interesting perspective today because uh, Luna is from Indonesia originally. So we're going to talk about, you know, Indonesian folklore and ghost tales. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she has a lot of really crazy stories. Um, so Luna, do you want to tell us kind of like a little bit about your abilities? Because I know you're kind of like clairvoyant. Or mm-hmm. um, So if you want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So um um, from what I know, how I knew I'm a clairvoyant is because my grandma, my great grandmother can see um, spirits, but with animal heads. And then got into my uncle, got into my cousins, got into my mom, and then got into me. And at f- the first time I actually experienced ghosts when, I, when it was 2018, when I got back from Indonesia, because I've been moving around a lot when I was younger. So when I'm um, when I visit Indonesia, I saw this long-haired lady, and I was first shocked, and I actually cried to my mom, and my mom was like, oh, your abilities must come out, right? Must have come out. I'm like, I think, I don't know, you didn't tell me about this, and then my mom told me a story. Oh, you know, when I was six years old, I went to get water, and then I remember there's um, Kuntilanak. The, the ghost is called Kuntilanak, so Kuntilanak is like a long-haired lady from what I know, so Kuntilanak, yeah, it's very scary, and I don't want to see that. So Kuntilanak actually sat down on my mom's couch and my mom literally cried and went to my grandma and then when she came back it was gone completely wow yeah and, uh so kutilanak mm-hmm. uh is a spirit that of a, of a woman who died pregnant is that right i think so yeah I mean, it's basically and that was the concept uh i being familiar very cursely mm-hmm. it seems like that that spirit um and it's interesting because i think indonesia has more female spirits, like yeah. female based spirits, yes. than than I've ever encountered in other folklore. And um, and and in in an interesting thing is the concept of dying with a life inside of you. Yeah, you know that mm-hmm. especially becomes you know a, a revered and frightening concept. Yeah. yeah, all Indonesian demons and ghosts scares me to death, and I do yeah. not want to associate that. And then my um, my mom actually took me to my uncle because my uncle has like the highest uh, power of clairvoyant back home. So I, when I talked to him about it, he's like, yeah, you, I know that you can feel it, but you just want to close it because you don't want to see them. I'm like, nope. If I want to see it, I have to say a prayer. So one time um, back in Indonesia, I have like, I lived in a, ma- um, like not a mansion, but like a house like that. And then my uncle told me there's like a demon. It's like a Bigfoot Indonesian demon. I forgot what it's called, but it's like kaki gede. 
I just call it kaki gude because it's like Bigfoot. So um, that's what my uncle told me. It's behind the bathroom. And then when I actually, so I actually went to the bathroom and then I said, okay, kaki gude, if you're here, come out right now. So he literally, this demon went, like his foot stepped on in the bathroom, like out the bathroom. And I was like, I tap my forehead. I'm like, I'm not seeing that again because it is <laughs> yeah. very scary. Like yeah. it is red and bloody and I don't want to see that again. So how do you go about uh, personally, like kind of closing off your ability to see spirits? Because I'm sure there are people watching and listening who also have abilities and yeah. not everybody wants to yeah. <laughs> enjoy the ability. So how do you personally kind like of close it? Yeah. So I just tap my forehead. Because if mm-hmm. I tap my forehead, it's gone. Oh. Yeah. And it's worth mentioning, yeah. too, that the third eye, the concept of this eye that sits right in your forehead, is universal. Mm-hmm. Like, every culture recognizes that our abilities to see and to witness the paranormal, the supernatural, stems from an opening of that third eye. Yeah. yeah. And so any action that you can take that is performative, to, cu- to close it... Uh, paint a red dot over it, do yeah. you know, any number of things to close yourself off from this thing. And, and I've always found it interesting because even, even in uh, thoroughly westernized society, the concept of that forehead, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in Catholic Ash Wednesday yep. and things like that, putting, putting something on your forehead does supposedly delineate the ability of an evil spirit to show mm-hmm. itself to you. And bathroom ghosts are especially terrifying yes, <laughs> because I do not like the concept. I do not like the idea of any anything, anything yeah. in the bathroom with me. And so, yeah, big bloody footed uh, yeah. rule yeah. Is, yeah. Is, not, is not pleasant. Because no. my mom told me um, most demons and evil spirits hides in the bathroom because that's yeah. where like it gets dark and everything. So like in Muslim culture, if you actually go to the bathroom in like so long, they will want to like disturb you. So I prefer not to go to the bathroom for too long. And yeah. it's, it's about isolation, too. Yep. It yeah. is about being alone. Like, it, you know, you're, you're at your most vulnerable. Um, again, not to promote fear of bathrooms. Yeah. But <laughs> the yeah. more alone you are, the more isolated you are, the, uh, the easier prey you become. You know, when you are in a group, there's a delineation of energy. When you're alone, you're the only source of energy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and demons and dark things like to hide in the shadows and hide yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. and, and, and oh. wait for, you know, you to be alone. Um, and decent ghosts, good ghosts, they're not going to go to the bathroom with you. Yes. They're like, well, no, that's private time. Yes. So, yeah, if, yeah. A, ghost, if a ghost is willing to interfere with your potty time, it's, yes. it's, 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 it could be a damaging ghost. Do y'all ever remember um, that show? I think it was called um, Just Haunted or Hauntings or something like that. But there was uh, a story that I just remember scared the crap out of me because it was uh about this person who had a bathroom ghost who would uh, appear as a woman who was completely naked in their shower Mm. and I remember watching that and I was like oh my god I'm gonna walk into the bathroom at night and I'm gonna pull back the shower curtain there's gonna be a lady there like ah and um and I think that is where a lot of you know people stem these fears from is just because you don't want to you know go in somewhere where you're about to be by yourself or you know a lot of times it's at night that, right. and, you and know, naked you yeah. know and defenseless you know yeah. uh, 
not me. I have swords in my bathroom. Yes. <laughs> I also have a bathroom I, axe. Yeah, so exactly. It's, you know, no, uh, I do uh, not have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I really I have one. <laughs> yes. I'm going to just on the record, get a bathroom sword or, yes. you know, you, you keep something in the bathroom. I, I'm, I have a phobia of, of bathrooms as it is. So, no, you know, when you add monsters to it or when you add ghosts yeah. to it, demons to it, it's like, oh, great. That's just what yeah. I need. Yes. <laughs> Actually, JT, um, who was on our episode last time, my husband, he was the one who introduced me to Bathroom Max because he kept, <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember I went into his apartment for the first time and I just see over in the corner this old, like antique axe. I'm like, why do you have this in here? He's like, well, you know, sometimes, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You don't know who's going to intrude on you and you need a Bathroom Max. So it's like, oh. <laughs> so there you go. I'd yeah. also like to get back to, uh, you say your grandmother saw spirits with animal heads? Yeah. Yes. It was, what, uh, can you elaborate on that? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so I found that very so interesting. So the yeah. way that my uncle told me about my great-grandmother is mm-hmm. that, yeah, it has like human bodies, but animal heads. So it can be like a tiger, it can be like a deer, or any kind of animals, like elephants or stuff. Well, you know, I find that equally fascinating because there is, um, there's a long-running debate about spirit animals and and the concept of spirit animals um, and a lot of cultures saying this is my culture you know and I was like but it seems to me that universally there are the concepts of animals that represent people that, yeah. that have mm-hmm. this you know this person has this this bear spirit about them or this you know tiger spirit about them and mm-hmm. and in uh, in Asia there are a lot of like interesting folklores of uh, spirits that are that are people who appear as animals or or just straight up animals that yeah that when they when you see them you're like oh that's you know that's grandpa come back to see us yeah. mm-hmm. um so i i was wondering is there do you know of any connective reason for it or were these entities just spirits with animal heads yeah <laughs> honestly um it really depends on spirits like which spirits because we call like these spirits we call it jinn yes back home it's not like oh it's not like what like orbs and stuff, it, we call it jinn. From what I learned, so jinn is basically like, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it can be evil spirits or good spirits. But I've never actually associated with like animal heads with like human bodies, so I don't really know that. But that's what my um, my uncle told me to. Um, my uncle told me about my grandmother, which See, is very interesting. So that brings up an interesting point: the, the jinn, uh, uh, and because we we tend to categorize these things, um, so. It, in and there are a lot of cultures that actually use the word jinn and technically what a jinn is is it's a non-human entity it is something that was never human it it exists mm-hmm. as its own species as its yeah. own uh and and some people believe that they're interdimensional some people believe mm-hmm. that they are you know uh they they derive on the spiritual plane and then they come down to earth and yeah. a lot of people are like well this culture when they saw them and, and categorized them as jinn, and then this culture saw them and categorized them as angels and demons uh, because of their behavior. We, we, we drew a line yeah. saying, well, these, this spiritual entity is helping me. It's an angel. This spiritual entity is, is damaging me. It's a demon. Whereas a jinn uh, is, is, is just like a group. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, mm-hmm. like, it's like that's the classification, and some of them can be good and some of them can be bad, just like people. And so I think that's, that's really fascinating because when you, when you talk, talk about cultures that, that were independent of each other, encountering things, and then saying, I need to name it. You know, I need to come up with a word that covers this thing. And I don't know what it is. You yeah. know? I, I, don't, I don't understand it. I, I see a, a person with an eagle head, 
and I'm not sure what it what it is. What it meant or what something. What it meant, yeah. yeah. It, you know, uh, what, is this, what is this communication yeah, happening? Yeah. And so we started categorizing. We, we come up with these words, you know, Oni and, and demon and, and jinn to help us uh, put it in a box. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we, we put it in a nice little box. It has a name. We, we close the box yeah. and we're like, thank you, but no yeah. thank you. Because in my culture as well, um, Muslim culture, Likewise, because my family, who's like who can't see ghosts, are mostly Muslims. But jinn means like when you're when you're dead, your soul, your real soul of the body goes to heaven or hell or like in the middle, just waiting for like judgment, you know, like yeah, judgment day. Yeah. And then your other self, like a jinn part of you that's not you, but like a clone of you, when go to, goes down to earth and just lingers around there. So sometimes when I see like a lady or like a lost soul, it's definitely not your. Um, your real original soul it's like your gen that's what i learned from my culture so sure. in american Absolutely. culture i wanted to learn if it's the same or not so or, uh, funny we were yeah. just talking about this uh, in um uh and, and recently I, I i had mentioned that mirrors in in almost every culture yeah. have this deep supernatural mm-hmm. you know connection and um and what you're referring to uh in 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 some routes in the Western world, uh, we would call a doppelganger. Yeah. Yeah. And, doppelganger. and the interesting thing about a doppelganger, and I have experience with this, this is utterly terrifying. A very yeah. terrifying. But oh, yeah. yes. Very. The idea is that a doppelganger is your reflective self. It is a self that is very determined to take over the life. Yeah. So mm-hmm. while you're living your life, your doppelganger is suffering. It's suffering because it is not alive. It is, it is attached to you but can't function it, it's basically yeah. being dragged through existence and if given the opportunity it'll kill you you know your mm-hmm. doppelganger will try to take over your life and in many stories mm-hmm. when a doppelganger takes over it it accounts for a difference in uh in character like one day a man is very kind and the next day he's very cruel one day a person's very generous and the next day they're very mighty yeah and it's because the doppelganger or the other one mm-hmm. took over And it's fascinating because I think a lot of cultures believe in this alternate self, this this concept of something that isn't you but is attached to you. And I think some cultures will, oh, that's your guardian angel. And some cultures Mm -hmm. are like, oh, you've got a shadow Mm -hmm. following you. There's this this notion. And uh, and that's interesting too because I have – I use the word demon all the time, but it doesn't denote like a religious oh, yeah. concept yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Demon is just a word that works. <laughs> yeah, it's a catch-all. It, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I usually categorize most demons as non-human entities, some, some yeah. spiritual energy that is just yeah. malevolent mm-hmm. uh, and its purpose is inscrutable to us. But I also believe that humans can become demonic. You know, that no, the yeah, human sure. spirit can abandon what, what makes it human. And I usually ca- categorize it as obsession. Yes. If, 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 if you're willing to forego all other human interests for one, you know, if you just want that one thing, you, it burns away at your humanity. Mm-hmm. And once yeah. your humanity is entirely burned away, you are dangerous. You can do damage. You, you know, that, that dark spirit becomes obsessive about something. And, and the thing that you're obsessed about doesn't necessarily have to be evil. You know, no, it's not like yeah. I'm after revenge, and yeah. then you have this vengeful spirit. It's you know I want to see my child again, and and as all of those pieces shed away, all those other things, and it's just I want child, I want, and then it's just I want, 
And anything in your way that doesn't give it to you is in your way. So yeah. you're willing to bully your way through it. So I do believe that, that there, is, there are instances where a human spirit, a person who's died and lingers, can forego its humanity. And it becomes something dark and malevolent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those are probably the, the spirits that are most interactive with us. Because yep. I even think that, that demons are on a plane that is a little different than ours. And to encounter them requires force on their part or ritual on our part. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there, there's there's a, a two-way door there. But, um, but I do think that some spirits just lose yeah. their, their humanity. Because like, even if you're alive, in my culture again, uh, even if you're alive, your jinn is with you lingers around yeah. so my cousin shout out to you Akmal can speak to Jin like he mm-hmm. can actually talk to Jin very simply he can talk to your Jin he can talk to your Jin mm-hmm. like your Jin lingers around so one time um, this story is kind of like funny at the same time so I broke up with my ex-boyfriend and then I asked Akmal hey can you like talk to his Jin please like are, are you okay to, to like do that because I know it's a lot of trouble he's like no 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 it's not trouble so he actually like closed his eyes and talked to my ex's gin and he actually told and then my cousin told me yeah he's still in love with you I'm like really and then the next day he actually texted me he's like oh I'm you know I'm still in love with you right so I'm like you have a power like yes. that wow yeah but that's fascinating yeah. too because mm-hmm. uh, in western culture there are mediums yep. whose sole sole a method of, of mediumship or, you know, psychic ability is to speak to a spirit. Yeah. yeah. And oftentimes they can identify the spirit. Oftentimes they'll say, oh, this is, you know, so-and-so from, yeah. you know, the 1400s and, you know, yeah. and, and, and their ability to interact is, is very interesting because, uh, and I've spoken about this before, um, it's, it's, it's difficult for a spirit to learn. It's difficult for a spirit to, 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 yeah. to get information. Mm-hmm. Um, the information that it has, I think it keeps. Like when you die, you have all the information. It's just stored in, you know, in the cloud. Um, but with a jinn, with that concept, you've got a spirit that is actually linked to a body that yeah. can yeah. process information. And so that makes sense. It, it makes a huge amount of sense to think that there's a spirit that would latch onto you and then would resemble you because yeah. it's using your knowledge base to expand its own. And it can interact, and it can go out, and mm-hmm. I think that that Western mediums might be talking to mm, Jin. Yeah. And when you think about attaching a spirit that can attach to us and and walk around with us, mm-hmm. it could happen for generations. Yeah. Um, my my child actually talked for right until the teens, talked to uh, a variety of imaginary friends was the <laughs> Western concept, yeah. but they were very knowledgeable and very peculiar. Yeah. Um, and, and after a time, they seemed demonic because of their intent, because they mm-hmm. seemed to have an intention that was not necessarily very straightforward. So yeah. uh, I, I, I oftentimes wonder, you know, if, 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 if a jinn spirit-wise can grow and, and learn it might linger and just take the next life and the next life. Yeah. And then you have generations of information inside a single spirit, which would seem wise and would seem, yeah, it would have all of this information, um, which is dangerous because we're constantly looking for information. Yeah. So basically your gin might be beside you. Your gin might be beside you. My gin might be beside me or still lingers around, but I can feel my gin is beside me. Like, Oh, Hey, what's up? Because I, if I actually talk about gins, my gin will come to me. Sure. That's literally behind me right now. Actually. Like I can feel it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed 
also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So um, when I first met Luna, she told me about this spirit called Pachong. Ooh. I know. Oh, Pachong, yeah. Yes. Big Ooh. fan of it. It's uh, very <laughs> creepy. Luna, would you like to explain? I know Luna hates this. but I really hate it. Don't want to yeah. see it. Yeah, yeah. I, will, like, I can explain yeah. it. Yeah. My eyes are watering right now because I can feel it, actually. So, Pachong um, pa actually is, um, so when you die, in Muslim, actually, in Muslim culture, when you die, um, you are covered with, um, like, white cloth and cottons. But in a version of Pachong, it's the same thing, mm-hmm. except your face is red and your eyes and nose are bleeding. It's very, very scary. And you don't want to see that, guys, because you will suffer a nightmare because I don't want to see that yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Is it not... Uh, and again, very rudimentary understanding of Pachong uh, was uh, uh, a part of the ritual of the burial was to tie and bind the feet. And then after a certain amount of time, you cut the ties to release the spirit. You're basically binding the spirit to the, to the body so it yeah. doesn't go wandering around. Yeah. And then you cut the rope. And in some instances, it's, it's people didn't cut the rope and the spirit remained in the, the physical like, body. Binding. And then yeah. it, because I, I always found this interesting uh, in China... Mm-hmm. Uh, a vampire hops. Oh yeah, yes. So you got like the Pachong hopping as well. Yeah. Well, and Pachong it's because hops as well. Yeah. They they bind the feet, and that's why they hop. They don't hop because it's you know yeah. it's 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 what it, it's because their feet are bound. Yeah. Which is super creepy when you think about yeah. it. Yeah. And your oh. body as well is all tied. right. You're all yeah. tied up so in it's a like you in a shroud. Like that. I don't want to see them, guys. No, never. Yeah. Which also fascinatingly brings us up to the most recognized. Ghost, like if I asked almost anybody to draw a ghost, they would draw the sheet yes. with the, you know, the Charlie Brown ghost. You know, yeah. uh, that is the international. And people don't realize that it comes because the last time people see the dead, they're usually wrapped in a shroud. Yep. yep. And the ghost itself is a person walking around in their shroud. Yeah. And when you talk about the, the blood coming out of the eyes and yeah. the mouth, likely there were various plagues that would cause yeah. that kind of disorder. And and if you sh- put a person in a shroud and the blood starts seeping through yeah. the shroud, that is a ghastly image. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. can you imagine like Ugh. looking at this I'm body? Because right now, even, that, <laughs> even that concept of keeping a body around in the shroud mm-hmm. for a time before, yeah. you know, proper burials or, or, or whatever ritual is going on, um, yeah. yeah. So my cousin actually, um, he's first the first time he saw like a spirit or a gin was actually a pachong. Oh no! Oh, he gosh. actually he was actually he told me he was like eight years old and he was walking around the house and he saw pachong like standing in the house. He ran to my uncle, like my uncle, his dad. He ran to my uncle crying, and my uncle just stared at him. Oh, it's just a pachong because my uncle is literally used to like seeing evil spirits and yeah. scary stuff. So at that point, it's like, oh, it's just pachong. You're fine. Yeah, well, but and- it's scary. I. I never want to see that in my life. I'm trying to think because yeah. I, I vaguely recall a Pachong story that was that was suggesting that a Pachong might be multiple spirits that have you know that are just lost and they're given an opportunity to be inside yeah. you know yeah. a single 
body structure. Um, and I, 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 very vague, sure. <laughs> I know, no, but yeah, it seemed no, like I, that it was one of those things where, um, where a door opens in this body and, and then the spirits go in because it, it, it kind of harkens to a lot of the beliefs of human sacrifice is the concept that at the moment of death, a door between worlds opens. You know, the reason why you do a, a sacrifice, a human sacrifice, is you're trying to attract something from the other side of the door. So when you kill uh, an animal or a person, whatever, that spirit goes through the door. But that door is useful because you yes. can draw something into it. Ooh. And the concept being, you know, you lay a, a dead body out and it has this opportunity to be a vessel because a door yes. opens. Yeah, yeah. You know, the door is, is open for the spirit to leave. And in some cultures, the belief is that the spirit doesn't just leave when you die, yeah. it, it, it stays in the body for, and it's, uh, I, I, I think that might be one of those, um, why do you have a wake? You know, why do, be, yeah. and, and it was because of misdiagnosis. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes they buried living people, so they, yes. would, they would hold these wakes, they put the body on a table, and they'd wait to make sure it's dead. Yeah. You, know, to, <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. it will wake, and it will come, you know, and then it, everybody will celebrate. Um, but that makes an interesting thing, because yeah. that means the door is, is creaking open. Oh, you know, yeah. that, yep. that body, that spirit is supposed to be leaving that body. And maybe spirits are reluctant to leave the body because mm-hmm. they're like, I don't know, I don't know I'm going to get yeah. up. Yeah. You know, well, like, Give me a second, I'll give up. Well, and there's um, also a lot of instances that happen at morgues too, oh, yes. you know? And so <laughs> I'm sure there's lots of Paul Chong's oh, hanging oh, out yes, at, there's at a the lot morgue. Of, uh, yeah, <laughs> there is. Know. No, I felt it. Yeah. A lot. It's, um, and it's kind of that same concept, you know, the door is still open. These bodies are very fresh if they're still at the morgue, you know. Um, so that would actually make a lot of sense if yep. they are just pachong. No, like, because my uncle told me as well, like, this Indonesian ghosts are not just in Indonesia, but they're yeah. actually all around the world. Oh, of course. Yeah. America, wherever I go, they will always be there. So I'm like, really? I had no idea. He was like, yep. Well, here- It's <laughs> not just Indonesia, Luna. Yeah. It's well, literally everywhere. I'm like, this oh. This is the- uh, the, 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 the terrible quote of the day. Um, people are more quote. likely to be haunted than houses. People are more likely to be haunted than anything else because yeah. we are yes. that source. So, yeah. so when, you, when, you, when you experience ghosts, especially clairvoyance, mm-hmm. especially people who have the vision, ghosts love being seen. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, yeah. It, it, and so if you, if you see one, it immediately says that one can see. No, especially, and it will follow you around. Yeah, yes. especially like we talk about them right now. Oh, yeah. They're gathering with us right oh, now. Yeah. I can feel it behind me too. And that is yeah. why Savannah is the most haunted city on earth. It's yes. because yes. we talk about our ghosts. We tell the stories Absolutely. every day from, from dusk till midnight. Yeah. There are hundreds of stories being told and woven. And so the very fabric of Savannah is held together supernaturally mm-hmm. by this summoning yeah, because talking about it is summoning. It. Yeah, it is. It is. It is arousing the interest of the spirits. They know we're talking about mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. and they draw in. They draw closer. And if you have a friend who's clairvoyant, don't talk about ghosts. Yeah, because they will draw in. They will yeah. come to the table. Yep. And what I learned from my uncle is that if we talk about them, they will come around. Like like you all know. Yeah. And they actually want to learn about what we learn about them. Like oh. oh yeah. I want to learn, like the ghost might say, like, oh, what do you learn about those? I want to hear it. You know, like they yeah. love learning and, you know, about that, themselves. That does open from that, us. that concept yeah. of my, my belief being that spirits generally can't learn on their own. Mm-hmm. And they do learn through our process. Mm-hmm. You know, our, we have the brain, the physical brain. Therefore, when we process information, the spirits have access to it and can hold it for themselves. Mm-hmm. 
which becomes hyper dangerous for the clairvoyant. Yep. Because there are spirits out there who are really yeah. hungry for knowledge. Very much so. And they're actually like, I have another story to tell about yes. my cousin. Yeah. Um, my cousin was actually possessed back in Indonesia. Shout out to you, Telaras Mafia. But I need to tell the story. <laughs> so um, my cousin, um, she's very, used to be very weak. She was very skinny and she has, she doesn't eat a lot. So like, because of that really weak energy, the ghosts would come to her. So one day my mom actually told me, oh, you know Telaras, right? She was in, she's from Karawang, Sunda. So we're all Sundanese family. So um, my mom told me, ka, ka. I'm like, yeah, what is it? Do you know Telaras? I'm like, yeah, what's up? She's possessed. I'm like, possessed? I don't believe that. She's like, no, it's real. God, like we called the priest and everything. I didn't believe at possession at first, but because of my cousin, now I believe it. Yeah. So like I said, my cousin was weak and she doesn't eat much. So the cousin, so the ghost, this, um, he, um, this ghost, uh, adult ghost, um, he, he, he's a male. He's actually very sweet and kind. He's not evil at all. But he went to my cousin possessed because um, he's in love with my cousin. Like that sure. ghost was in love with my cousin. Like from what I learned that he actually lost his first love. So his gin just lingers around and then saw my cousin really pretty because my cousin's really pretty. My cousin really pretty. And then because she also has a weak energy, just comes into her body. So random times, my cousin would actually faint, like fainted, like one time in the house, in the mall, she just randomly fainted and then went, took her to the hospital. The doctor said, oh, she's actually fine. She's not even sick at all. Like, not even sick. She's fine. So from what I learned that, um, and then we called the priest because she kept fainting. Oh, she's possessed. Very badly. And what was the process of, of dealing with the possession? So dealing with the possession, um, when my cousin fainted, the ghost would actually talk to her like in, in, the, another, in another realm or like mm-hmm. in her dream saying, oh, I'm in love with you. I want to be with you. But my cousin said, you cannot be in love with the living. You're already dead or you're probably a djinn. You know, you, we don't know who you are. And then the priest tried to like um, pos- um, exorcist, did I say correctly? Like, exorcist her, exorcist her and everything. Mm-hmm. It's that spirit is very strong. Took it, took us a while to get that ghost out of my cousin's yeah. body. Sure. And we also told our cousin to eat more, drink more, eat, drink, do whatever to have that energy up again. And now she's actually fine. So that your energy as well, you have to like control your energy because my cousin, she was, like I said, she was very weak. So she just eats a lot, um, gain some weight, run around so that, because that energy like overwhelms her, the ghost doesn't want her anymore. Like the the energy just goes up high up. Yeah. And it might've even just been saying that it was in love with her more so because it wanted a vessel a lot of times. That's true. Yeah. You know, in love with the life. Yeah. But it also raises an interesting question of, um, the concept of past lives. And the concept of yeah. perhaps she is a reincarnation of his love. And that is how he was drawn to her. Uh, and, and fascinatingly enough is the concept, and I've seen it in, in, in a couple of instances where you're dealing with a counter-cultural spirit, meaning he wasn't Muslim. And, or he wasn't Catholic or he wasn't whatever right yeah. exorcism you were yeah. using makes a, a slight resistance because the process by which they exist mm-hmm. is a series of enforced ritual and enforced yeah. belief. So if you're trying to fight off a spirit with, you know, your Catholic uh, exorcism, sometimes it, it, it rebounds because it doesn't follow that faith. Mm-hmm. And then it's just a question of faith versus faith. You know, then it's a question of whether the spirit has the, the ability to uh, counter 
the amount of faith. And that's why we turn to priests. Yeah. We turn mm-hmm. to people who dedicate their lives to in, you know, putting strength in their faith. And the stronger your faith, the more resistant you are to another entity that's using its faith to guide it. Yep. So, so I do have a question of, mm-hmm. um, when you moved to Savannah, mm-hmm. um, did the ghosts look different to you than, like, say, when you were in Indonesia? Or is it... Uh, or do they also look the same in a way? I know it's, you know. Some look the same, some yeah. doesn't. Because, like, as my uncle said, like, oh, if you move to America, like, Pachong, Kuntilanak, and some Indonesian ghosts, mm-hmm. folk tour, folk tale, they'll be around here. I'm like, okay. So the first time I actually moved to Savannah, I lived in Boundary Village because I, I went to SCAT. So um, Boundary Village, uh, now that I work in the underground, they told me about the Galagichi and mm-hmm. the Hag. And it's the swamp is near Boundary Village. So when I actually first came out Boundary Village, I had the worst sleeping paralysis ever. Like, I was sleeping, and I told my prayers, okay, this room that I'm living in is very, very scary and haunted. So I sent my prayers, please don't disturb me. I just want to go to sleep. But then they disturbed me. So I was, um, it felt like my chest was being, um, hard, like, someone, how do I say the word? Pressing down. Pressed, yeah. Yeah. pressed me down hard. And I couldn't, like, wake up. And then I heard, like, like that. And I was like, oh, you see, I have goosebumps right now. <laughs> so it's like, Ugh. and then I was like, please. And then I tried to look up, and I don't want to lo- look around because my whole life I have sleeping paralysis. I started when I was, like, 10 years old. And right now it's stopped, but sleeping paralysis is not really – what I want to experience anymore, but yeah. I've been experiencing that. But yeah, the first time, I think it's like a welcome gift to Savannah. Welcome to Savannah, like <laughs> something like that, like the slipping paralysis. Yeah. And then when I woke up, I've never cried so much because it yeah. was so scary. Because if I turn around, I'll see like, like when I turn around like that, like looking my eye, I already see like a long hair. Mm-hmm. And I, I just like look my eyes like that. Like, I don't want to see that. I don't want to turn around because I already look straight. And when I look like this, like, my eyes just, like, my eyeballs just look at that. I already see a long hair. I'm like, nope. Yeah. Please wake me up. Please wake me up. And then I just, like, the way I woke up, I have to move around. Like, yeah. I have to move around. And then I woke up like, <gasps> like, like I'm back in another realm. I'm like, oh, my God. And then I start crying. I call my mom. Mom, mom, there's a demon here. I can't. She's like, Luna, say your prayer. Sorry, say your prayer right now. It's fine. Say your prayer. So I sage the whole room say my prayers and like never see that again so when i actually came to work in the underground i learned about the hack and i got into a point where like oh so that's the hack who was disturbing me in my sleep wow okay okay i was actually familiar with the hag before sleep paralysis yes i knew the story of the hag before anybody came up with or told me about sleep paralysis and it was fascinating because sleep paralysis Makes sense from a, a simple scientific conversation. It's when you wake up, but the system that keeps your body from flailing around a lot in your sleep doesn't. You know, the switch doesn't get uh, turned because when you go to sleep, in order to keep you from acting out your dreams or acting, you know, doing things, your body actually shuts down a lot of that physical yeah, movement. People you can wake up paralyzed. You know, yeah. and, and, and as paralyzed, it it creates an almost waking dream scenario and people talk about seeing figures mm-hmm. and feeling pressure and like something sitting on their chest and all these things. And mind you, I heard this after I was, you know, well into the folklore of being ridden by the hag. Yeah. And in, in the Gullah uh, Geechee culture around here, there is an entity called the hag. And sometimes it'll actually mm-hmm. disguise itself 
by wearing a skin suit to look mm-hmm. like the person you love. Yeah. And then peel the skin suit off and get on. And it's basically sucking your life away. Oh, yeah. No, no. And I... what was fascinating is prayer. Um, in, in a lot of the stories of the hag, if you call out to God, yep. the hag will release. It will go away. Yeah. But even speaking is difficult. Speaking is you know, definitely, yeah. Yeah. it doesn't so, help yeah, at all. Yeah, finding yourself, you, you know, pressed down and having that. So it's, again, one of those questions of faith. You know, these are powerful entities, supposedly. Yeah. You know, yeah. when, you're, when you're dealing with something like the hag, it is a force of nature. Yeah. You know, it's like trying to stop a hurricane by saying, please stop. Exactly. Yeah, it's very, so it does. It, it's very mm-hmm. difficult. It's very depressing because like I had sleeping paralysis since I was 10 and it always disturbed me. The scariest one I had too was when my, uh, when my uncle passed away. So when my uncle passed away the next day, um, because the house was like, because a lot of our families came to that house. So I had to share bed with my dad. So I was sleeping with my dad. And then suddenly I was pressed down again. And I was like, okay, what's going on again? Because I'm used to sleeping paralysis. What's going on? So I looked around and I'm like, okay, there's nothing. But then my dad woke me up. God, God, wake up. Because in real life, I was shaking like this. Like, like, oh, like I was like shaking like that. Like I was being possessed. And I woke up like, <gasps> dad he's like luna are you okay i'm like yeah i'm okay i'm okay okay go to sleep again so i had to hold my dad's hand while sleeping because it's very very scary and then it went back to me again i'm like okay again what do you want from me demon so and then i actually the reason why i don't want to turn around anymore is because i saw a demon so this is the first time i turn around in a slipping paralysis so i was looking there and I turned my head around, and there was this figure. It's my uncle, but he has no head. He was with a suit, because when he, uh, when he passed away, he was wearing a suit. So we wore him a suit, because he's Christian. So he was wearing a suit with a glove like that, and there was no head at all. And he was, like, speaking, like, I can hear him, like, uh, 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 and I cannot take it. And I screamed so loud, and my body was, like, in real life, got worse, and I was... Sh- even moving like that I scream in my sleep they're like ah and my dad like god wake up like I can hear my dad like in another room wake up wake up so I have to like find a way for me to jump to another realm back to my own realm but I couldn't so I actually like scream and said please stop disturbing me I just want to sleep and I said like my Indonesian prayer and then I felt like my body dropped to dropped to my I felt like my my soul my body dropped back to my physical body and I woke up like <gasps> and I start crying and everyone in the room gather me around are you okay I'm like no I'm not okay this is like there's a demon in this room there's a demon it's my uncle who died his and then my this is my dad's side family so no one actually can see ghosts so my mom actually came in and my mom was like it's okay it's okay it's fine um it's just a gin Luna I said, a gin and I start crying I don't want to see that anymore like no, so like my dad had to hug to me when I sleep. My mom was sleeping in the other room with my sister because the house was cramply small, so cousins and aunts has to like share room and my dad had to hug me while I sleep. I'm like, I can't do this. And my mom actually came in an hour later to hug me. So I was sleeping with like both of my parents hugging me like that because no, because I grew up I cannot sleep alone because Ghosts and spirits love to disturb me because they want to talk to me because I know I have this clairvoyant psychic like that sees. So like my whole life I've been sleeping with like my mom, my dad, or like my sister, or like I have to on like loud music in order for me to sleep because dead silent, they like to come to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> but right now my sleeping paralysis, I had, I had no sleeping paralysis at the moment, hopefully. So because they know, I think that 
I've been using a, my uncle probably used me a protection and stuff. So yeah, no, I don't want to experience sleeping paralysis anymore. Never again. Yeah, that's understandable. I mean, it is a very frightening experience and it, it is interesting to hear the similarities that people have with sleeping paralysis, you know? Yeah. Um, and how almost every single person I've heard of all see that like figure of the creepy woman in the corner of their room or whatever it is. Yeah. And some people actually believe that they might be succubus or things like that. So um, the hag actually has kind of a succubus angle. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's usually about uh, draining you, draining you, but also uh, formulating a relationship, uh, almost a romantic relationship with its victim. You know, um, a lot of times, in many of the stories, you marry the hag. Yeah. You, know, you, you marry, marry the, the hag. hag. You marry the hag not realizing that it's the hag. Yeah. And then one night, peels off the skin. Or yeah. at night, it peels off the skin and slowly sucks your life away. Yeah. Um, which might be just a terrible metaphor for marriage. You know, for, yeah. <laughs> you know, might, might just be a culture saying, hey, you know what? Marriage is terrible. You peel the skin off. You see the real monster. Sucks yeah. your life away. But uh, I think that it all comes from this fear of supernatural betrayal yeah you know we live in a world that we set the rules and if something breaks the rules it really bothers us <laughs> it yeah. really upsets us so yeah the the concept of the hag being ridden by even that evocatively yeah. seems pseudosexual you know that the hag climbs on you and yeah and and rides you all yeah night. yeah S- I mean there are ways technically to like ward off a hag I mean um, his, historically with the Gullah Geechee, so they believed in brooms. Um, paint yeah, blue color. Yeah, paint blue. I mean, paint blue is great for just like a catch-all. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. But they were actually the ones that really brought it into the culture of Savannah. JT is bringing me a perfect broom for this. Yes, Luna, if you want to hold it up. But yeah, so um, they would tie, you know, paint blue string around their brooms and whatnot to kind of ward off spirits you could lay it on your doorway. So that way it would have a hard time crossing over. It was also said that a lot of times they would count the bristles. I find that to be one of the most fascinating things because yeah. there's several legends where you can stop different entities by throwing things in their path that they have to stop and count, yeah. suggesting that a lot of spirits have obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah. You know, that they can't stand it. And, um, and, and it shows up in vampire lore a yeah. lot. The yeah. idea that if you throw poppy seeds down, the, the, the spirit has to stop and, you know, the vampire will, one, two, yeah. three. Speaking of vampires, my mom said vampires are so much better than Indonesian ghosts. She just said, oh, it's just the fangs, you know? It doesn't matter. They just eat blood, but Indonesian goes, I'm not having it. That's what my mom right. said. Well, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and that's funny because you, you, you look at the different cultures and, and, and the supernatural beings that come your way. Yeah. Uh, vampires. He's bringing more brooms. Everybody. I was like, oh, See, this no. would take a while to count. Yes. Um, but, yeah, the fact that different cultures uh, know and categorize their their... They're, they're baddies because vampires, you know, are highly romanticized and just and yeah, you're just just so. the fangs and, and they're they're physical. My that's mom a, always do thing. this. Yep. It's just the fangs. Fang. You don't have to be yeah. scared of vampires. They just eat blood. And in certain cultures, vampires can't 
<laughs> How many oh, brooms? We are protected. How many brooms can JT bring to us? We are a very protected um, group. Well, I would like to point out we are actually sitting in a building where we reenact a hag a, a, yes. a, a attack. This is the Savannah Underground is where we're, we're the actually. Probably, the building, hag will so. probably disturb in my sleeping is probably here as well. So, hey, please don't disturb in my well, sleep anymore. <laughs> the building that we're actually in is quite haunted, to be very honest. I mean, very haunted. so the so thing haunted. is with this building is it actually used to be an old train station. But it's also located in kind of where the outskirts of Savannah were. It was a lot of swamp area. Um, it was actually very common for a lot of times for slaves to escape and come out here to the swamps so that they wouldn't get found. So a lot of times I've actually seen a spirit in this room uh, that was more than likely an escaped slave because when we were originally putting up the, the lights in the ceiling, um, I was up on the scaffolding rig and I look down and I just see an African-American man squatting down completely naked almost like he was hiding but I could see him so you know he kind of saw me and was like you know yeah but um that was what really sent in my my digging of you know but so we see spirits like that um there's also a lady in the bay next door where originally we had been um set up and I call her the um, gray lady, because she looks just like the gray lady from Harry oh, Potter. <laughs> I, I really, that's the only way I can describe it, is she just, um, she has that aura of just sadness and it's, darkness. Yeah. You know, um, Luna felt her too immediately when she came in for her audition, but she hasn't really ever done anything that would cause concern, but she, anytime she's around, you just feel this oppressive nature of it yeah Yeah, sorrow i first came here to do my audition i saw that room and my eyes actually tear up like there's something that the ghost wants to tell me and worth mentioning um we are right next to or close enough to the bloodiest battle the second bloodiest Mm -hmm. battle of the revolutionary war the siege of savannah actually occurred two blocks you know this way which should include this area you know conceptually uh, and we're talking like the, the Hessians just bore down on the, uh, the and it's funny because you always talk about the siege of Savannah. Yep. The imagination is that it was when the British took over Savannah. It's not true. The British had Savannah. They, yeah. they, they established yeah. it very quickly. So it was revolutionaries trying to take back Savannah. And they're running up this little hill right there. And they were massacred. They did not fare well. Not and, at all. Uh, and, yeah. and, and so this whole area is just ripe. With with combat, absolutely, with, with slaves, with you know, endless sorrows that just soaked into the ground here, and then a train station, yep. which is um, about transience. Mm-hmm. It's about a, a place where spirits interact and go, and so it becomes a focal point when you think about like airports and train stations. It's where a lot of living people converge and then separate, and so the energy of life seems to pulse inside mm-hmm. these places places where people gather and then disperse um you can even say that about theaters you know yep. all theaters are haunted every single one so in a theater you have people gathering and all this energy is being come and focused all their energy is focused towards something yeah you know it's focused mm-hmm. towards the performers it's focused towards this recreation of life it's focused so energy flows that way and spirits will follow the energy mm-hmm. and then they'll find people who can see and they'll yep. say that's my new home 
Yep. So. Speaking of that, actually, that's so related because so my mom, three years ago, my mom and I and I went to Hollywood. Bear in mind, this Hollywood Airbnb is very, very haunted and I had no idea about it. So like, we just saw like the reviews saying, oh, it's a perfect place to stay, awesome. So when we actually arrived there, everything was so vintage. Yeah. It was like all 1930s, 1920s, old American cinema yeah. style. And my mom was like, Luna, I feel so much things here. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is great. She's like, no, 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 no. So then we saw the elevator. It's actually old school elevator. And I'm like, wow, this is so cool. Back then, like, I feel it, but like, I didn't really care about it. So I'm like, eh, just having fun. But my mom is more sensitive than I am. So she's like already like shivering a lot. So I apologize, mom. Sorry about that. So we went to the elevator and we went to our Airbnb. This Airbnb is so cool. They have like, um, the rooftops and everything. It's very mm-hmm. cool. But one night, my mom went through a terrifying thing. So we were, so actually at night gets really scary. That's where I felt the most too. So I'm like, every time we go to the bathroom, I had to hold, I have to wake her up. Mom, can you take me to the bathroom? I can't. So, and when she needs the bathroom, Luna, wake up. We need to go to the bathroom together. So I held her hand every day to the bathroom, but she experienced something terrifying, like I said. So when she was asleep, the there's this lady ghost living there. She's just lingering around, and she might be this lady who's like an actor from the old American cinema, like 1920s, 30s, mm-hmm. probably loved jewelry so much. She loves the jewelries. So that night, my mom was asleep, and she felt like, some, she felt like someone was trying to grab her necklace like this. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was asleep already. I was like dead asleep because I was tired. And this ghost was like trying to grab her necklace. And my mom said can you please, like, don't disturb me? This is one of my favorite necklaces. Just go away from me. So the ghost just... And my mom woke up, and it's like, my mom opened her eyes, and it's gone. Mm -hmm. And she looked at me, and I was asleep, and she's like, oh, my God, we need to get out of here. She told me the next day. I'm like, oh, cool, Mom. Like, that's an amazing experience. And and I told myself, why didn't it disturb me? Why didn't it disturb me? And then she said, because you have no jeweler in you. Ah. Because that ghost, Luna, might be a... Ghost who loves jewelries from the like 1930s, mm-hmm. 20s, who loves acting and rich. So she probably wants to steal my jewelry. I'm like, true. Well, originally when you said hotel or like Airbnb yeah. in Hollywood in elevator, I was like, oh God, did they stay at the Hotel Cecil? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Luna, no. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's very interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we hear a lot about spirits, you know, grabbing people's jewelry and things like that. Yeah. Honestly, a lot of times I feel like it's just because they're shiny and it's something to pick up on. There's a ghost at the Sorrel Weed House that um, uh, Matilda, actually, she's the one who likes to pull people's dangly earrings out. Oh, yeah. I heard yes. about that. Oh, yeah. yeah it yeah, happened yeah. to me. Um, yeah. It's so... For some reason, she just has a problem with dangly earrings, and you'll just feel it, and it'll go, yeet, and then she'll chuck it across the room. Yeah, I heard um, that, yeah. And that happens a lot with spirits, so, you know, it could just be that it's something easy to grab onto, or, you know, it could just be because it's shiny, and it's something t- tangible. It's also worth talking about antiques. Yes. Uh, antiques can oftentimes have spiritual attachments. Uh, you know, you, put, you, yes. you take something out of somebody's home, uh, there was the energy of the life of the home. There was a family and love, and there was, you know, all these things in the home. You take it out, it, it carries with it the energy of the place. You put it in a new place, and sometimes energies conflict. Yeah. yeah and you can no. get that friction between, like, the energy of this, you know, uh, vase. You put it down, and then all of a sudden you are uh, met with, 
strange encounters. Mm -hmm. um, and some things are just so beloved of people, you know, uh, that necklace, that earring, that, that yeah. thing in their life, those, their treasure. And if you, if you get the treasure, they will follow the treasure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But if you're wearing something that reminds them of it, you're, you're basically giving it a, an era cue. You're basically saying, this belongs to you. Mm -hmm. This was yours in life. And I've, I, I know I say it all the time, spirits really want to be alive again. You know, that's, that's yeah. a part of it. So, yeah. so things that we adorn ourselves with, things that we uh, choose to represent ourselves with become the prize of the supernatural. They, they want, yeah. you know, the thing that we, we invest in or mm -hmm. that we adorn ourselves with. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of antiques, um, back in my culture again, antiques are actually like very strong with spirits as well. So my friend's dad, shout out to you, Dinda. So my friend's dad actually bought this antique. It's a sword antique and it's very, very spiritual and powerful. And um, Dinda and like, her brother cannot see ghosts and they're not originally clairvoyant at all. So because her dad bought that antique and they start touching it, the clairvoyant senses actually came out because of that antique. Mm -hmm. So that, so sometimes from what I learned, antiques can make you become clairvoyant. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that is something that uh, we kind of talk about is, is, is the sense that it is more about your, your ability to perceive is oftentimes uh, stunted by the culture and by mm -hmm. growing up. You know, that's why children are far more likely to see ghosts yep. than adults is yeah. because they haven't, they haven't shut the door. Yeah. You know, and we, we spend most of our childhood being told that doesn't exist. There's no monster there, none yeah. of that. And so we're closing the door every time somebody is like, that doesn't exist. It's not real. The more we accept that's not real, the tighter we can close that door. Mm -hmm. And there are people who close it so tightly that no matter of supernatural events yeah. will open the door for them. But on the converse side, some of us are wide open. Exactly. <laughs> and you could come into contact with something that is broadcasting, that is pushing on the other side of the door with such force. Yeah. Um, I, I know somebody who had a, uh, a knife that uh, was used in a murder, and when he got it, he just immediately started having all of this yeah. know, vision mm -hmm. and these things, and even things that were not related to the knife. It was just because the knife carried with it a, uh, a spiritual aspect, mm -hmm. his life was then, you know, the door yep. creaked open. open a little. <laughs> yeah. Well, and a lot of times the objects that are used very frequently in your daily life, those are the ones that are more likely to, you know, um, have some energy attached to it and have stronger energy. So that's why a lot of times you see mirrors being haunted too, because I mean, we use them every single day. Uh, you know, just, uh, just random things. Sometimes hairbrushes can be haunted um, just because we're constantly putting our own energy into them. And they're, you know, oftentimes touching our own body, touching our hair, wearing jewelry all the time. A lot of times that can become haunted. Yeah. So depending on how often they used it too, that could have been the reason why it was just especially, yeah. you know, super Oof. energetic. But sometimes it does just take one occurrence for the light switch to go off yeah. in somebody's head to start becoming more open to their clear senses. Scary. <laughs> yeah. So, um... What is your favorite Indonesian ghost story? I'm very intrigued to hear. None, but um, the sure. first ghost that I've learned about is definitely Pachong. Because, like, yeah. 
every Indonesian loves, not every, I'm sorry, but every Indonesian ghost I've seen in cinemas is pochong satu, pochong dua, pochong three, four, five, seven, yeah. pochong everywhere. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to watch in the cinema, sorry, because it's scary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pachang is definitely one of my favorite stories, but at the same time, I will never want to see you again, Pachang. I will never That's want to see them ever because I've never seen one. Yeah, I can only feel them sometimes. Like some, there's one time back in Indonesia, back home, um, I went upstairs um, to game with my friend, and then in that room because it's so empty and no one actually been in that room in a while because I don't live in Indonesia anymore. Um, there's this long-haired lady sitting in the corner like that, like that, just staring at me. I forgot what's the ghost called, but my mom talked about it with you guys that day at the house. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, I forgot the name, actually. Or should I call my mom right now? Hey, mom. <laughs> it's okay. We'll, we'll put it in the comments. Yeah, or so yeah. Uh, my mom actually told me about that ghost, like, long hair, and she just, like, she was skinny and looking like that. And actually, I saw it for, like, a glimpse because it's just it's, it was just telling me, hey, I'm right here. Just be careful. I'm right here. I'm not going to disturb you. I'm like, okay. So I tap my third eye again. And then as soon as I look there, I saw a figure it's not clear because I tapped my third eye. So it was like a figure like that. And I'm like, okay, it's a potion, but I don't want to see you. Anyways, just leave me alone. It's, a, it's just sitting right there. I remember she said it was a Sundel Balong. Sundel Balong. Yes. Yes. Sundel Balong. Very scary. Don't want to see that again. So it, just to paint the picture of it in your head, because when Luna's mom was telling me about this, um, she was like, she was talking about how there's something on its back. It literally, um, when you look it up, the photos of it in the drawings, it's all like, uh, sometimes it's almost like a hole into their back, but usually it's like a face growing out of yeah. it to make another Harry Potter reference. Imagine like when Voldemort's growing out of the back of um, <laughs> Professor Quirrell's head. It looks like that growing out of the back of a woman's spine. And so it's very frightening. Yeah. I mean, because sometimes from what I learned about Sundelbalong, so my mom's friend actually also a clairvoyant. So this ghost, I think Sundelbalong or like Kuntilanak or any type of long, because in Indonesia, there's a lot of long-haired ghosts. Well, sure. actually throughout Asia. Yeah. Throughout, throughout Asia, Asia in, in general. And it even became uh, synonymous with like Japanese horror. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it, know, yeah. With the ring and, mm -hmm. and the grudge, this concept Asian. of the hair. Because it masks the face. Yeah. And, and anything that hides the face becomes almost instantly scary to scary. us. Scary, yeah. Know? So my mom's friend actually went through almost a possession as well because this ghost actually was in her back just like every day she, uh, this ghost liked to be in her back. Like So basically my mom's friend was carrying her and didn't notice until the priest told her because she felt heavy in the back, like, mm -hmm. ouch, what is this? It's my back pain. And when she went to the priest, realized that it wasn't really like anything. Oh, there's a ghost like just sitting behind your back all the time. So you're basically carrying it every day. That's mm -hmm. why her husband always said, you don't look so good all the time. Like what's going on? Like your energy seems different. So when she went to the exor um, the priest, oh yeah, there's a ghost behind you. You need to remove that. It's very yeah. hard to remove that, but it's removed. Oh, yeah. I wonder if that doesn't create the spirit with the face on the back is, mm -hmm. is, is, is that attachment. And if it, if it feeds and you die yeah. because of it and you have this spirit that has been feeding on you, you can see this remnant of it on your back. Yeah. So you're basically sharing a soul at that point. Mm, yeah. Because yeah, it's not it's not classical possession in the sense that we think of it. It's more about a, a symbiotic. Yeah, it's you know, a leech almost. It's a leech. Yeah, yeah like a, a, a ghostly leech that would definitely uh, 
freak you out if you saw it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that that all goes back to how Chris was saying, you know, people are haunted sometimes. Yeah. And I feel like even in Western cultures, you know, uh, there is folklore of people having something attached to them. Yeah. Um, and they're carrying it all the time until finally they get rid of it. Because it, a lot of times it happens to children, too, where oh, a ghost oh, will yeah, take um, advantage of their innocence, you know, and they go, they grow with them throughout life and end up, you know, turning into demonic possession cases. Yeah, because they, they want to hold on to the life. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Um, my sister was, was very psychic as a child. Um, and fascinatingly, my sister was very psychic as a child. And when she was 20 years old, she had brain surgery. <gasps> and the psychic ability left. Oh. No. It was fascinating. Because she used to be able to tell when songs were on the radio before she turned it on. She mm-hmm. knew who was calling her before the phone rang. And this was, you know, before we had cell phones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and she just had this a gift. Um, and, uh, and one of the stories was when she was like three years old, we went by a cemetery. And she saw this woman in the cemetery. Yeah. And the woman followed her home and became kind of the invisible friend. Mm-hmm. My sister talked to her all the time. She, she knew her name, and she, she would interact with this, this woman. And then, you know, as these things happened, the woman faded away, and, you know, it, just one of those stories that we tell. Oh, my man. sister was very ill when That's she was 13 years old. And when she was 13 years old, she was sick in the hospital, and they were about to give her, um, and it was, it was like a two-part chemotherapy. Um, there was uh, the chemotherapy part, but then the secondary part was called the lukewarm rescue. The lukewarm rescue basically kept you from dying from the poison of the chemotherapy. Yeah. The chemotherapy is killing you. The lukewarm rescue was the antidote. So they would, they would let the chemotherapy run its course and then give the lukewarm rescue. Well, my sister started saying, don't, don't give it to me today. Don't give it to me today. Because this woman was telling her that they didn't have the lukewarm rescue. Oh, wow. And they were like... No, that's, that's ridiculous. But my parents remember my sister used to talk to this woman. Oh. And my parents are like, can you check? And sure enough, the vial of lukewarm rescue had broken and it, it evaporated. And they didn't have any other in the hospital. It takes a day. And by that time, my sister would have passed. Mm. So it was fascinating uh, because that was this instant where you're like, this, this ghost must have been following you. Yeah. Just silent, you know, just, just you know, yeah. not, not interacting or you turned it off. You said, I don't want to see you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and however it happened, but it seemed like the woman still followed her, but I often wonder yeah. because um, what was removed from my sister's brain was a dermal cyst, which is basically like a twin, like all the, all the genetic oh. material oh. needed to make another person. So it had like a, a, a fingernail and some hair in it. And so it was a very interesting Ooh. condition. That's a very interesting concept, actually. Yeah. I've right. never well, heard of that well, before. And it's funny because there was a movie called The Dark Half, Oh yeah, <laughs> which uh, and a Stephen King novel, which kind of talks about this, like uh, when we're when we're forming in the womb, the genetic materials and genetic past. If there's another fertilized egg, you can just absorb it. You just yeah, absorb yeah, it. and then yeah. it just becomes a part of your system. Well, this one was in my sister's brain, and when they removed it, they also removed this ability that she had always had her whole life. That's so scary. Oh. So. Um, to wrap things up a little bit, uh, Luna, would you like to plug anything before we close out? Just um, be careful of Pacha or other Indonesian ghost guys because it's very scary. You don't want to see them unless they will hunt you down. 
That's that's good information. It's good, and, yeah, good advice. Very scary. Yeah, good advice. And if you guys like to watch Pachang movies, just search it on YouTube. And if you want to learn about Pachang, Kuntilanak, um, Sundal Balang, or whatever ghost in Indonesia, just watch the movies or whatever you guys want to see. Because yeah. I personally don't want to experience that anymore. Yeah. Uh, Chris, do you have a ghost tip for us for, for the day? So, uh, in many cultures, they'll use uh, eggs as exorcism uh, tools. Uh, the idea being that you can take an egg and sort of attract a, an, an evil spirit because the concept is an egg represents life, represents a soul. So an egg in many cultures is thought of as a good tool to to draw spirits in. But if you find yourself in a haunted situation, you can hard boil an egg, take it out and eat it with all the intent of eating a soul. I had no idea. And that intent might create a, a, a friction in the spirit because no spirit wants to deal with a soul-eating monster. And that's what you are when you eat a hard-boiled egg to a spirit. I actually had no idea about that. Wow, okay. So, just a measure of protection. Yep. So I'm moral just, of the story, uh, eggs are good for protein and for getting rid of demons. It has to be in the shape of an egg. I'm going to buy more eggs. eggs right now in my house. <laughs> yes. Eat more eggs, guys. Yes, eat more eggs. All right. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much for joining us, Luna. No, we thank really you guys for this you. experience. Yes, of course. All right. Well, we will see you again next Sunday. We are going to start uh, uploading some bonus content, so... Have a, an eye out for that. Also, make sure to follow our TikTok, which is the Savannah Underground. Um, we're also going to be posting lots of different ghost content on Instagram, which is also Savannah Underground. So uh, we will see you again next week, and stay spooky, y'all.